All right. It is Monday. Patrick Royce joins Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Thank you guys for listening again. Another week should be fun, uh, fun times this week. Lots of good stuff uh, coming up this week. A lot of big decisions. And I'm going to get to that with uh, with Patrick. Uh, some of these some of these uh, looming, uh, looming matters that they're going to impact Minnesota teams greatly. Um, but first, Patrick, I want to think we should talk about the uh, 3M Open and a pretty dramatic, interesting finish on uh on sunday how much of that did you attend uh write about see things of that nature i was out there uh friday and saturday and then uh yesterday i just uh i went out to a town ball game I took my wife out to a town ball game she'd been wanting to go to one and uh but i got back in time to see the last pretty much the back nine so uh yeah i, I watched a lot of it and uh Obviously, 18 uh, wasn't the monster yesterday than it was uh, the day before because the wind was blowing from the other direction. When the wind blows from the north, uh, they uh, you, you, of course, remember that whole when the seniors played it and the tee box was uh, down on the same level and the pond was not nearly as long. And it was basically if they didn't make a three, if they if they didn't make a birdie on that hole, if they felt bad. But Saturday was one of the great train wrecks of all time because they they, you know, they had like 220, 30 yard carries into the wind. And you go if you go all the way around, that's a that's a pain in the rear end, too. And what was it? Uh, they ended up with uh, 30 balls in the uh, in the water. And uh, they ended up for the week more balls in the water on that hole than uh, than any other hole in golf. Even the famous one down there on Jack's golf course that uh, you know the, where they ended up having the carnage every year at the Honda. And uh, it was it was fun. And uh, Mike, I wrote this for Saturday, but uh, when we go back to the seniors and they had that course called that course set up as easy as they could. Right. And there, were, and there was really no punishment for the, there was nothing that could cause them to make a double bogey. You know, I mean, they had to like faint on the tee box or something and hit it five yards. There was, there was, there was no double bogeys out there. There certainly was no triple bogeys. The winner was 20 under or more for three rounds. And it was right. just the idea that they were going to turn this into a golf course that would be a, a reasonable test. I'm not saying it's a grind any, you know, now, but the, you know, I thought the winner would be 28 under every year and they'd, they'd be shooting 62s left and right, but they went out and, the first year they made a few adjustments. Now they've made a lot more adjustments. Uh, and if they can get it hard and fast, like it played most of the week, you know, if they can keep the rain away and then uh, get the greens, greens hard and fast, it's turned into a pretty good test of golf for them. Now, one thing that obviously would have hurt their crowds is how hot it was. And right. There's not a, not a lot of trees to hide under out there. If you're going to go watch golf, uh, you're going to, you're going to be in the sun uh, and uh, that, uh, that hurt them. And another thing hurt them is Ricky had a huge gallery on Friday when I was, I, I went out to follow Ricky. I was going to write a ode to Ricky. And then of course shot a 73, so, <laughs> you know, you can't uh, trust these guys, but there are a lot of people following him. Uh, and 
and uh, you know, I, th- I think they had fair crowds, but I think the heat kept a lot of people away. But it was a good tournament. They, uh, you know, the winners, 50, uh, what, 15 under? And yeah, I think 15, yeah. Cameron Champ. Yeah, a reasonable total. Boy, he played that 18 like a moron. He <laughs> hit it. Well, he hit the driver over there behind the tree and, and, uh, and uh, was was in trouble of, you know he still had he could still win it by making bogey but uh he had that magnificent shot in there after hitting you know after hitting that terrible t-ball and uh which made it kind of fun it was it was he's a good winner and uh so that that it turned out to be a good tournament i'm sure uh hollis was uh, satisfied with the with the way the golf to me the the big test for this golf tournament was how the course held up and uh, the course had its best four days yet of the tournament uh, the previous winners were 21 under and 19 under so they've always set up there if they got some wind that it was a better golf course and of course it's a time of year where we usually don't get a lot of wind but they right they got wind saturday so it was a good tournament classic uh runner-up finish for louis Oosthuis and <laughs> it's unbelievable he can't like he's yeah. i think i read i think i think in jerry zagoda's uh game story he's been a runner-up a second or third i think or run yeah runner-up in like four of his last seven pga tour starts he's finished like runner-up like 15 times on the tour something like that it's amazing that he's really you know really good player um but if you're counting on something it's not him to finish the job on a sunday yeah although this time he did it by coming from behind he wasn't ahead you know this time he was kind of well he wasn't in a pack but he was what like eighth or ninth or tenth or something and uh so yeah this time but you know you know, you know, he wanted to be on his plane and leaving, but he had he, he ended up getting. They started beating it around, uh, and all of a sudden, he had a chance to win, so he had to hang around, you know. But uh, I would say one of the great efforts of the uh, of the weekend, though, was by Dustin Johnson because uh, you know Dustin uh, was once he knew he wasn't going to win, he uh, and he wanted to get home to see Pauline and the kids and. Uh, uh, he's, he's still got a chance if he, to make the cut, if he, uh, if he makes birdie on 18, which is very doable for him on Friday. So he just hits her in the water and then tells us how (laughs) disappointed he is. He's been here twice. Hollis begged him to show up twice. And, uh, last year he shot 80 or 78 and pulled out with a bad back. And this time he's, he was, he was, he was determined not to make the cut in my opinion. In my opinion, that's just, you know, I don't think he wanted to stick around for two days to finish 38th. You know, that does, that didn't appeal to him. You see a few private jets out there at the Anoka airport during this tournament. I always think, I always think those are the players that uh, want, want to be gone as quick as they can. Once they, uh, once they, once they figure out they're not going to win the tournament. Not too disappointed to uh, to miss the cut, huh? Yeah, I, yeah. I suppose there's probably never even thought about that. How guys that might be on the borderline of missing the cut, but they're ten shots back already. They're like, nah, you yeah, you know, I got I got a lot of tournaments ahead of me here. I mean, they got the they got the they got to go to Memphis to play in that uh, the uh, 
World Golf event because it's FedEx is the sponsor and basically said, give us this tournament else we're going to put our money elsewhere, even though the PGA Tour is different than the World Golf thing. Yeah. But they wanted a bigger event. So you got to go there and sweat your rear ends off. Uh, and then, you you know, there's the Olympic thing and there's uh, then we got the start of the FedEx playoffs. So it's not exactly the greatest week for the uh, for to attract golfers to Minnesota. That's for sure. Another thing this weekend, Patrick, and I want to get through we're going to run through like five or six different subjects now where. I'm going to ask you your, your basically your gut instinct on what is going to happen. We're going to start with Jose Barrios made his, what could be his last start uh, in Minnesota for the twins Saturday. It was another good one. Uh, he was out dueled twins almost got no hit in that game. Um, thanks. Thanks to Brent Rooker. They didn't, but it was two outs away. That's not, uh, that's not great. Uh, that said, uh, Barrios pitches, pitches pretty well. Um, he's, you know, they ask him after the game, basically like, you know, what do you think about your future? What do you think, Patrick is, well, maybe this is a two-part question is, is Jose Barrios here beyond the trade deadline, which is only a few days away. Let's start there. Uh, I'd say that one's, uh, 50, 50 that, uh, you know, that's a very obscure response, but, uh, uh, they're going to get, if they don't get plenty for him. I don't think there's a desperation to trade him because they know they can trade him as winner too. Uh, but uh, I would guess that uh, that there's the, supposedly the Mets badly want him. The Mets uh, want to win the uh, East. They want to get in the playoffs. Uh, the Mets will. I don't know what kind of shape their farm system is, but they're not going to trade him. They're not going to trade him for the Jose, the Johan Santana package of a bunch of suspects they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna watch your you know let's say you're a normal you're a mid-level uh minor league system I'm, I'm not sure what the prospects level is with the Mets but you're gonna have to give them your two and your four and then one other player right I mean you're gonna have to yep. give them two of your top five prospects uh and really guys that not not suspects. They're going to have to give them guys that you know are going to make it for Barrios. In my opinion, they're going to have to. Somebody's going to have to blow their doors off. I think because he do because whoever trades for him does have another year, you know, of him too. So it's not. Yep. Uh, that's what makes trading him now better because teams are. You know, you got the the trouble is there's only a few teams desperate to win. I think so. Uh, uh, you know, but. If the Mets really want him, they can have him. I think. Uh, I think they know they're not going to sign him. I mean, that story that we had last week pretty much told that story, right? That Phil wrote that you know he's not right. He's not. He's not signing here for any kind of bargain rate. They're going to have to pay him the the one fifty, and I don't think they want to do that. So, yeah, I'd say there's maybe even more sixty forty uh, that he, that he's traded that by the deadline. Traded, yeah. How about Byron Buxton? Is he traded this off season? Is that uh, that's got to be more than 50 50 at this point, doesn't it? Or am I, am I uh, reading that one? Yeah, wrong? but I don't think now. I don't you know. You, no, not now. Not the deadline. Off season. Trade, I mean, I know they, they're bringing up the fact that you're maybe trading him on deadline. I, I, I've seen that too. And I don't think there's any chance that's going to happen because there's no value, right? I mean, what's the value right now? He's got to get on the field and play for a couple of months. But at the same time, you just wonder if he's even 
worried about coming back now because he knows he's not going to sign here. I mean, the story, the Phil story today in the Star Tribune pretty much told us that he's got a source telling him that they can't sign him and and uh, they're not going to sign him. So, yeah, he's gone too. But uh, this winter, I would think, not certainly not now. And if he doesn't play more than 30 games the rest of the season or something, then you might not even be able to trade him this winter. You might have to wait until he establishes, reestablishes his value next year, right? April and May. Uh, you might have to trade him next year at the deadline, but you don't like to do that with position players because position players uh, rarely bring the value that uh, that you're expecting in before the trading deadline. Usually that's a pitchers, you know, relief pitchers, a couple of starter pitchers move at the, at the deadline. Everybody's looking for pitching and there's not the big blockbuster position trade position player trades usually at the, right. at the trading deadline. So I, I would guess, I, I don't think he'll get traded now, but he is, he's going to get traded. He's not going to sign here either. And they're not going to, you know, they're not going to play it out like Houston's playing it out with Korea because Houston got a chance to go to the World Series, so they're just going to play it out with him and let him go. But uh, that's not going to happen with Buxton. I don't know what these guys are up to. I really don't. Uh, you got you got a guy who's a Twins guy keeps telling me they've wanted to do this rebuild uh, quite some while, but I, I don't buy that because, you know, everybody thought they were going to be good this year. Hell, they got people telling, saying they were going to go to the World Series. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I can't buy that this is a, a pre-planned plot to be rotten, you know? No, I mean, they did get a lot. They had a lot of one-year guys, so, you know, they were set up at least for either scenario, you know, set up to flip some of these guys at the deadline if need be. But it just, it's strange to me, like, it's not like these are the only two players they've ever, you know, they've ever developed. Obviously, you know, Jorge Polanco is a pretty good player. You know, until this year, you saw a trajectory for Kepler. You're looking at, like, Kirloff, Larnick on the way. You know, they've got some homegrown players, but, you know, Barrios and Buxton have got to be their two highest, you know, probably their highest end, you know, guys they've developed in the last five, six years, right? In terms of yeah. just in terms of their ceiling, in terms of how good they could be, pitcher and hitter. How do we get to this point now where they could, you know, is this just the economics of baseball? Is this bad negotiating along the way where now we're at this point where you're going to have to, potentially trade one or both of these guys how, how do you think do you is there any blame to distribute i guess to the front office for for how we got to this point i don't think so on the buxton situation because uh, what's the stat he's played 38 percent of the game since yeah. uh since the start of uh, 2018 but in barrios yes they uh when they were out there trying to sign when they got kepler signed and they got polanco signed for team friendly deals uh, they should have went for this guy right then. He'd already had three years on his track record of not missing any starts. And they, uh, they, they tried to lowball him then, got him in a bad mood. Uh, they should have, they should have. And I know a lot of people are reluctant to give those same kind of deals to pitchers, but, uh, they should have been rewarding him uh, back in 2018, and uh, they didn't, and they got him in a bad mood. And now they're gonna, now they're left basically. They have one starting pitcher because Maeda hasn't, you know, Maeda's okay, but he's older and he's he's not an ace. He was an ace last year. He's not the, not anymore. He's your only starting pitcher. It's a it's a disaster to uh, to lose him, in my opinion. I mean, Buxton's a great player, but. Uh, Buxton, you, Buxton's explainable. 
what what has happened with him and yeah. the team. But Brios is not, and I I blame them for uh, screwing that up from the get go because he's the hardest working kid of all time. He's a you know he's a horse. He might not be a you know he's not an ace. Well, you know <laughs> it's you know those people who say he's not an ace will only admit that there's about six of them in baseball. You know, I mean, he's, uh, he's certainly one of the top 20 pitch starting pitchers in the major leagues and they didn't take care of him. And now he's mad and uh, now he's not going to give him any kind of a bargain and he's not going to be here. And uh, the more I say this, the more I'm talking myself into the fact they'll probably trade him this week. So, uh, <laughs> uh, But I, I think, yes, they're, they're, they're fully they're fully to blame for screwing up the Barrios situation. Well, they're only 42 and 58, Patrick. They could still turn it around. Yeah, 62 right, games right. Left. I thought that I looked it up yesterday and I must've had bad math or something. I thought they'd already played 110 games. Somebody told me, though, no, it's only a hundred. I did may really depress me. It seems like 110. It seems like, seems like, like 210. It does. It does. So Taylor Rogers gone too, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's and once those guys are, I mean, if, if they say Barrios and even you know, even just Rogers and a couple other guys, you know, if you, even if you take, you know, Andrelton and Simmons off the roster and yeah. you know, they say he gets traded and you know Rogers gets traded, like if you take a bad team and you, that's that's a lot of what happened to that's that's what happens to these teams at the deadline. They you know they're they're bad, but you looked at like some of those really bad Twins teams and they had you know they're they're record you know through july was was bad but yeah, it yeah. was not well, they, they, it was not what it was at the end of the season august and september once you unload well, <laughs> get to be well, like, lopsided months the comparable is 2011 absolutely comparable is you know you went in with high expectations and you were terrible that team finished 19 and 50 yes that team and they were 19 and 50 they were only five under at one time 44 there was a time where we were talking about should they buy or sell phil mackey was putting out it's happening (laughs) t-shirts uh yeah this team's gonna lose 100 there's no doubt about it once the trades are done they're losing 100 they might they might top the 100 what's the record 103 right uh from just a couple years ago that'd be tough they'd have to go 17 and yeah, 17 and they're 17 and 45 17 and 45 would get him to uh 59 and one they're gonna lose 100 well one thing they got to worry about now is the tigers are better you know the tigers yeah, the true. tigers are way better than them. now they're almost done getting beat by the tigers but uh <laughs> but the, but the tigers are better than them and uh kansas said they're last they're last now they're a solid yeah. last in the uh in the central that we left at but 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 rogers is a guy that you trade because you can get a lot for him. I think, I think, yes. I think you trade Barrios and Rogers, you should get five very good prospects out of those two deals. Yeah. <clears throat> or at least four, four very good prospects. And then two other bodies, you know, that got a chance, but uh, you had, you know, Roger, a left-handed reliever as good as him. There's going to be a big market for him. Do you like how the two guys, uh, who I like, by the way, the two guys they got in the cruise trade, I thought they did pretty well in the cruise trade, but they audit, they immediately went from number 10 to number 17 in the Rays prospect list, uh, according to MLB.com, 
Uh, jumped right into number six and number thirteen for the Twins. So that tells you the relative strength of the uh, the two uh, the two farm systems there, at least yeah. according to that ranking. Yeah. Well, plus I looked up the guys and this this the kid that's pitching for the Olympic team, Joe. What is it, Ryan? Is it Ryan? It's Joe Ryan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's you know he's had he was having a great year at Durham, but you look at his track record before that, and he didn't pitch in two thousand twenty. So-so right. on this Stratman is he doesn't dazzle me when I look at his numbers. So, uh, but uh, there must be something people like about him. Neither more, you know, exceptionally high draft choices either. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess they're bodies, but the uh, Ryan certainly his strikeout numbers are fantastic. We'll see how he does in the Olympics. You know, if he gets knocked around by Brazil or something, I won't be that excited. But <laughs> I, don't bad know, I don't even know who's in the tournament. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, they, they did. But I'm glad Nelson got out of here and he's already hit two home runs. And yeah. Having the time of his life, I'm sure. Uh, been <laughs> even playing in that ballpark. So, <laughs> A couple more things, Patrick. Um, now that we're dealing with uh, the big questions of the week, training camps open, Patrick. <laughs> is is Aaron Rodgers going to show up and what's what's going to happen there? I don't think we've talked about that much because uh, we <laughs> we spent so much time on uh, you know stuff that happens over the weekend uh, on these shows. What 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 about what's up with the situation? What do you think is going to happen? I here? can't believe he's going to show up. They say he's a, you know what what is the latest? Uh, have we had any good leaks from him? I, I don't know. I don't. When I hear his no, name just, on one of those TV shows, I got to turn it off. I can't stand it because they talk of they say the same thing every day for weeks and weeks and weeks. Uh, but I don't think he's showing up. No, I I don't. Uh, I I don't think he's showing up. But if he does. I think he's going to show up and uh, have himself a sore shoulder or something and have to sit on uh, the sidelines or do something, you know. I They say he's a, you know, somebody told me that if he if he gets a grudge, it only yes. lasts for life. <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever. I mean, look at his family. He doesn't talk to yes. him. And, uh, you know, his brother was just followed him into the, you know, quarterback at Vanderbilt and I'm sure Aaron was his idol and <laughs> I don't I don't think they talk to each other so it's uh it's uh you know I I don't know he's the kind of guy when his girlfriend introduces him to another girl she becomes his girlfriend <laughs> <laughs> supposedly Danica introduced her introduced him to this young the uh, actress, actress that he's now engaged to yes so i did not know that yeah, well that was the rumor so i believe patrick's, rumors, been, patrick, patrick's been reading more us weekly than i have that's good patrick i appreciate <laughs> no, that i don't no. know where it came from but i I, I you know the, the poor guys that cover the packers who by the way get covered as well as any team there is with all the yes. writers they have uh have uh, they they've had to follow his love life as long as his court as well as his quarterback life over there so i think uh, that's the deal but yeah i don't think he shows up i i don't it's amazing i think he shows up no i don't think he does but, either it's it's amazing how <clears throat> i don't know it's just if you feel like you know the packers have have you know we've, we've, the script has been written before this whole thing played out with Favre when Favre, they drafted rogers but Favre like kept all Favre wanted to do was stay. He wanted to keep coming back. He'd retire. He'd come back. He'd hint at retiring. He'd come back. 
they burned like three years of, of Aaron Rodgers' early career because Favre wouldn't leave. And now Rodgers is like, nah, I'm gone. Uh, it's just totally, it totally shows the huge, you know, we, we tend to think of Favre and Rodgers as this kind of succession, but as people, they could not possibly be more different. Oh, that's absolutely true. Yeah. Yeah. Brett, Brett needed the love. I don't think this guy needs the love. I don't think no. he cares if the public, if the, you know, Brett needs the love of the fans and no, uh, you know, all that stuff. So I, I don't think Rogers cares about any of that stuff. He, he, I, it's Tom Brady envy. You got Tom Brady envy everywhere that, uh, you know, Brady, you know, they, Come on down here. And then after four games, things aren't going well. Tom, what do you want to do with the offense? Okay, Tom, who do you want us to get here? You know, uh, Antonio Brown. Okay. He's got nothing left, but if you want him, we'll bring him in here and let him catch eight passes. You know, uh, Gronk, you want Gronk? We'll get Gronk. They let, they let Rogers be the offensive coordinator. I mean, Brady be the offensive coordinator and the player personnel director. And I think Rogers wants some of that. And the Packers, you know, are too pompous for that. They won't, they won't give it to him. And I, I think that's why he, why he's out of there. And uh, yeah. they're going to, they're going to threaten him and do everything and threaten to go after his money and uh, make themselves uh, get themselves into an untenable situation. And then have to trade him anyway. Their trouble is though, it's kind of like, uh, if you know if if somebody's going to trade for him now like denver or something they don't want to wait a week they want him there now yeah. right i mean you got you got to make that decision this week right to, if you so. get rid of them otherwise you just are you know okay you get some of your money back so what you don't you know you do you're still going to end up with jordan love as your quarterback and you're not going to have any reinforcements to replace you know to to give him a better chance by making a trade you're not you're not going to get what you could have gotten for rogers to help jordan love out so it's uh it's uh i don't know they're just they're just being i think this murphy the team president is an egomaniac myself it could be and it's just kind of gets into my last last thing here and it's just an amazing story because it has i'm sure the vikings are just sitting over here vikings open camp you know same time almost all these teams open the same time you know they're opening you know a day here and they are on the field i think for the first time on wednesday they got to be sitting here like ah this is uh basically what happens with aaron Rodgers could determine jobs with the vikings because these guys they go from depending on who's quarterbacking the Packers, they go from, you know, maybe, you know, take an aim at a wild card, you know, in this, you know, three wild card, 17 game season to, ah, you know, we could probably win the division. If Kirk cousins is the best quarterback in the division, all of a sudden. I think the Packers, I, I think the Packers are overrated anyway. Uh, I think Rogers had such fantastic years. The reason they almost went to the Super Bowl. I look at that team. You got uh, Devontae Clay, you got Devontae, one great receiver. You got, you're always having offensive line problems because uh, of injuries over there. Uh, their defense is okay. The Vikings now have a better defense than they do, in my opinion, because of the reinforcements they brought on. I, if Aaron Rodgers plays, I still think the Vikings win the division. I think the Packers. Wow. Packers, really? And I'm not an anti-Packer guy. I'm not. No, no, I know. This is an Eastern guy. I just don't think the Packers are. I think they, you know, they popped up. They had a, they, they had a, they had a hell of a year because Rogers played better than he'd ever played. And then they uh, ended up, uh, you know, 
deciding to kick a field goal and instead of trying to win the, <laughs> go to the Super Bowl. And uh, I, they're not great. The Vikings will, uh, you know, the Vikings will, I like, I like everything the Vikings did. Now all, you always end up, uh, you always end up with, uh, it's football. Who gets hurt and who doesn't is, 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 is about half of it all the time. But uh, personnel, everybody plays, including Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I like the Vikings better than the Packers. I, I, and boy, that's hard for me to say because, uh, you know, the, see the, see the massive maniacal profiteer Ziggy, uh, now charging people to go watch practice for God's sakes. It's, uh, you know, these guys are the, the, you know, $200 million a year isn't enough profit for these guys. They now have to gouge the fans when they go out to watch practice. Uh, but uh, that said, I, I like what they've done in the off season. And, uh, you know, I don't think they're terribly well coached. I think Zimmer is a mediocre coach and I, I don't have any idea what the, how the kid's going to be as an offensive coordinator, but uh, you know, I think green Bay is probably better coached than they are. But and I, whether they're going to have their security blanket, Rick Dennison. Yes. Well, I think that we can maybe just, we can end that. I, I'm, I, I don't have any crusty old uh, offensive line coach. Uh, I'm not surprised that he's an anti-vaxxer. Uh, so, uh, you know, that it's, it is amazing what the NFL is trying to do here, but is this, is this the worst union in sports by the way? Yes. It yeah, is. you're gonna yes. you're gonna give them permission to fine guys for not getting vaccinated and uh, suspend teams and do everything that they got. Their their unions unbelievable. They're just they're just a bunch of, you know. But uh, the NFL they they got a ten year contract now to push the players around. So they just this is the start of it. And you know I'm a obviously I think anyone who doesn't get a vaccine is an idiot. But I do think they have the right not to do it. So. Patrick, the uh, saying the Vikings could are going to win the division with or without Aaron Rodgers on the Packers was yes. the uh, that was the biggest that was the biggest opinion you had. I was not I was not expecting that. We saved that for the uh, we saved that for the end. We're uh, we're all done here. Thank you so much for joining Daily Delivery today. Hope everybody enjoyed uh, enjoyed the show today. We'll do this again uh, next Monday. All right. All right. Thanks, Mike. Goodbye. See you. 